Okay. Hello, everybody. We are welcome to Off the Rails podcast featuring the duo. We're just going to go ahead and introduce ourselves first. I'm going to go first. My name is Ayo, a.k.a. Alade the Hunter. And beside me, I have... Stag Shola, the African giant. This right, is going to um, be hard. <laughs> we should have rehearsed <laughs> who goes yeah. for you. Go, man. You go. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Hold, oh, do I want to... Hold on. Before we can... So I guess you, you can, can keep, keep going. Hand you can keep going. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. And what's good, people? The name is Jeffrey. Hope everyone is safe. You know the vibes. And last, uh, this is me, Ovo. What's up, everybody? Okay, so today we are with the duel. Could you guys introduce yourselves, please? Hey, y'all. This is Kalechi. And this is Jamila. Okay, so hopefully you guys have gone ahead and listened to part one of, um, of our collab, which was, uh, I would think, a great success. Sadly, our original recording for part two was a bit, uh, how do you say, the devil was doing the devil his bit. He was working hard. So this is take two. Um, and well, I believe that we are all still very genuine and, and real. So I think it's going to be just as good or even better. So just bear with us and mind our dust. So part one, we discussed um, who is really the catch. I like how the duo dubbed that part one, who is really the catch. You really stirred or rustled some feathers. <laughs> and uh, those of yeah. you that are on the live, thank you so much for coming and participating <laughs> in that conversation. I had a really good time. Right, guys? That, was, that live was lit. <laughs> that live was <laughs> Life was good, especially the guy yeah, I was reading the comments from Reddit, like Shola said. So, yeah, 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 I yeah it was really TV. fun. I had a, we had a good time. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. The energy that we, that like people in the life came with, man. Because, I mean, I know that like it's easy to imagine that some of these things would just happen, but really, we didn't think it was going to be that crazy. And I think we budgeted for, what, 30 minutes? We went on, like, an hour 30. And that's just because yeah. of the energy that everybody came with. So, uh, man, I'm just, I'm hella appreciative, man. I fuck with y'all. Yeah. yeah, shout out to everyone. Shout out, shout out. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to say, I didn't say one more live. I popped my live cherry. That was my first time ever going live. So. Well, same, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo, me cap. too, actually. Yeah. No cap. I think no everyone. Cap. Me too. No cap. Guys, do, do we all lose it no. together? <laughs> oh, my God. No homo, probably, but no homo. Shalat, please. Shalat, it's too early. Please. Now we have to get <laughs> married. <laughs> Communal wedding. <laughs> We're going to put a... Um, What's his name? Joe Exotic Wedding. Yeah, yeah, Joe, all of us together. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those of you who haven't watched it, no free cloud for me. <laughs> so today hey, we, we look, discussed... Real quick, sorry, hold on. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Jeff's audio no is pretty loud. Did you turn it up or is this? did it switch to a different microphone? No, I turned it up myself, like you said. I should take it down a notch. Oh, sorry. Yeah, take it down just a little bit. Your waves are a little high. Dang, okay, look at my yeah, little done. baby waves compared to you. <laughs> Yeah, that looks good. I like I like the way the waves look. Um, so we had a quick discussion. We decided we're not going to force the conversation to go in the exact same way, especially given the things that have happened um, in recent times. So we don't want to be um, tone deaf. You know, we don't want to ignore things that are important uh, in the conversations that we have. So I feel like I, we feel like this is uh, important. Um, and so with that being said. You know, 
we just want to say rest in peace, you know, George Floyd. And we're with the movement. I mean, I am. Let me not speak for everybody. But hopefully everyone here is with the movement. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. <laughs> for sure. And um, so we, we just really want to, really want to, you know, show our support for, you know, Black Lives Matter and all these, all these things. And, um, you know, all of that. I don't know if anyone has anything in particular they want to say uh, concerning this. Um... So, I mean, this one's probably going to drop before the episode the that one, we yeah. recorded yesterday because of kind of how, you know, all the other long issues that happened. But that one from yesterday, we did talk about some of these. I mean, not talk about it, but we kind of did this already there. Yeah. So um, just in case you hear this and then you hear it again, so you understand, like, what's going on. Even um, if they hear it again, they need to, you know, it's important. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. So we'll uh, like I said times. then, man. We do a lot of social and political commentary, but we try to stay away from like the overly polarizing things because of Uh-oh. different legal and personal reasons, right? Uh-oh. And I think for me, I've I, I said this before, man, I don't like to get into these things because I'm more uh, Malcolm X than MLK. Corona already weakened the economy. Already right? weakened the economy even further. If you want to know where it hurts the white man, it's the dollar. So you, now, now it's time to twist. So, <laughs> you know, power yes. to the people. To the people. Yeah, but there's actually one thing I wanted to talk about because, I mean, at least this is something that I feel like I'm experiencing. And um, I mean, I'm not out there on the streets protesting for certain reasons, um, but I, I'm 100% with the movement. But um, I wanted to talk about being black in corporate America before we really jump into the topic, because um, you find that it's either um your company completely ignores what's going on like they just send you an email like oh did you take care of this report or that you know or they're doing too much you know overcompensating being tone deaf you know and so it's kind of a hard thing to navigate so i don't know if you guys you know felt that um that feeling today when you go back to work this monday um if you guys would like to like share and expand on that yeah, so with my company, last week our CEO did send us a like a voice message basically addressing everything that's happening. It wasn't like too like either way, but it definitely um he definitely said like racism and discrimination has no place in the company. Um and he said some encouraging words. And then today, um the Dallas Black Network that we have at our company, we had a Zoom call. It was over 100 people, both black and white. And we were able to have some open, honest dialogue about it. But I would say more so on my my team uh, uh, on a smaller scale, it wasn't addressed. However, I wasn't really surprised just because my team doesn't talk about anything besides the work anyway. But it was really cool mm-hmm. to see the company address it and do so in what I felt to be a tactful way. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine, especially if it's something that you can't directly um, relate to it can be kind of difficult to have those conversations because you don't want to step on any toes or on if on yeah. the opposite end if you like disagree and you don't want to offend anybody which I don't think was the case at all. That's good. Yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> mine was business as usual. <laughs> and yeah. nothing was said. And nothing was done. Yeah. You know, wow. It, it, it really but Ayo, how does that make you feel? Yeah, I was Sorry. just about to ask. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> um, has to be so some way yeah so for me it was so just i don't know how how vulnerable i want to be right now on this but um 
I think I could just, I, I'll be vulnerable. So I had a bit of a, I got in a bit of trouble on Friday at work um, with my boss. And, you know, this today he, you know, nothing was said. Um, so it's almost like, okay, I I'm not trying to give an excuse for why I got in trouble, but I feel like it's, it's a thing where, I mean, if I was a boss and I had, and I'm pr pretty much the only black person in my business unit, um, at least in my capacity, I'm sure maybe they have some hourly workers that are black. I don't even know if they do. That being said though, my company is very diverse. They have a lot of people from different countries, Indians, Europeans, um, uh, Canadian. So there's a lot, it's diverse, but I'm still the only black person, right? So um, I don't even know if I can raise a voice and say, oh, you know, I might be feeling this kind of way or that kind of way, you know? And the only other African people in my company that I've met are white South Africans. And I've, I've had road trips mm. with this one gentleman, and I don't want to share too much, but He's like pro-Trump and, you know, uh, if you know anything about South Africa and the history of apartheid, um, did I say that right? Apartheid. Mm. Um, you will know, you can kind of understand what his worldview would be. Yeah, racist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it's it's interesting to navigate. Uh, at the end of the day, I did have, I got a good job from my boss today, which felt good, but it wasn't, you know, anything, nothing was addressed. So I, you know, I don't feel safe exactly, but, you know, I'm blessed, so I, I don't want to complain too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest, it's, I feel like, like for those of us who are, you know, fortunate to be maybe a little middle class or upper middle class or you're working professionals, you know, you're kind of in a position of privilege in that, you know, you may still have a job where you can work from home or your life may not be impacted directly from the riots or the looting or whatever is happening. But I feel like it's you have a responsibility, but then there's also that weight of you work into you walk into the corporate world, right? And then it's almost like it's almost like whatever you've been feeling, whatever you've been experiencing does not exist yeah. at all. And then yeah. you feel invisible. You know, I, I had, I mean, I'm not, I'm not working in the corporate world right now, but I, I remember when, um, the current president was elected, I, I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, so when the current president was elected, I remember just in, in two of my classes, I was taking a psychology class and my mechanical engineering class and my mechanical engineering class is predominantly white men. And my psychology class was like very liberal. And this was in Maryland too. So uh, a Democrat state, even though the, I think the current governor is Republican, but a generally Democrat state. And so when he won, right, all the whole time when they were counting the vote and he was going to win, all I was thinking of was how this man is going to kick me out of America. Like I was stressing <laughs> out. I was stressing the fuck out. And so... When he won, I was like, wow, so people really voted for him. This is how America really is, right? And we all remember the shock of that happening. But I remember the next day, yeah. we had an exam scheduled, and the professor was like, I know this is a stressful time for everybody, but you don't have to take the exam. But honestly, I was ready to take the exam. I actually wanted to take the exam, and I took it that day. So she gave every some, if you wanted to, she let you take a week off to take the exam next week. But I was like, let me just get it over with, right? And some people were like, 
really crying about it. The white girls. I mean, it's good that they were compassionate. So but wait, this this class is your psychology. That's class. my psychology class. Okay. Then that that psychology class was in the afternoon. At night, I walked into my mechanical engineering class, and then I I came in, and then I could hear people talking about yeah he's won thank goodness. And then I saw this dude with the MAGA hat on, and they were like laughing. And when I walked in, of course, they everybody in my department knows I'm Nigerian. I'm I'm very big. I'm very noticeable. <laughs> so they they stopped like talking loudly about it. But I just walked into this class of like this all these white boys, and it's just the the lack of understanding, right? The tone deafness. It's like it's like I understand that you experience something different, but this thing is affecting every facet of my life as a black guy, right? You always know that as a black man, your life is you are viewed a certain way. But when you have to see it over and over again, you you walk by a white woman and you're like, all this white woman has to do is just be slightly irritated, and my life is in danger, right? All that has to mm. mistakenly happen is that the police misses the apart, they mix the apartment numbers up, and they barge in here, and then the story, story, right? So it 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 just it just feels like when you walk into the office like at, for those of you working when you walk into the office and people are just like all right team let's hit the numbers and you're like numbers i talk about number of people that have died this mm-hmm. year from police brutality because brutality. It, it's, it's just it's just yeah i don't know man it's a lot it's a lot yeah i'm tired of talking i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. i'm talking to my <laughs> yeah i mean that was that was a moment of clarity yeah very real, real moment. Um, do you guys have anything you else you want to share on this topic before we actually di- dive into what we actually came to talk about today? What the uh, like the police brutality piece? Well, ju- I mean, just your personal experience of how you're, you know, coping with it, how it reflects on your life, you know, because you know everyone kind of computes I, how it's going differently. I think for me, it's like is overwhelming, right? Because you're on, you know, social media. Like, I know we all talked about this, how it's affecting us in the workspace, but, like, you're seeing all of this imagery of violence, like, police officers attack. is as if it's not already traumatizing enough the, the, the people that lost their lives at the hands of the police. You're also seeing more and more and more videos and imagery circulate the internet of police officers yeah, that are continuing to mm, to harm people you know mm-hmm. and i mean lives that are still being lost in spite of what is going on outside in the world and i think it it's in a way it's like you don't even really realize how it kind of subconsciously affects you like it can kind of make you start the day I mean, if you if if you're exposed to this imagery enough, if you're on active on social media enough, like I don't even think you even need to be that much active because it's I mean mm-hmm. it's being shared at a rapid rate. Yeah. It can really give you like this feeling of dissatisfaction as you move throughout the day, and I mean I think that's for me how it, it's affecting me personally to where there's this kind of sadness that you're feeling. Um, you know, your heart's breaking, obviously, for, for the people that were directly affected by this, but then also for all of the Black people that are living here in the U.S. and what we're having to deal with and, you know, how we're going to, what the future will look like and uh, all of the uncertainty around this situation is what is even just scaring me as a person and individual. Yeah. 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 And I'll just be really brief. Honestly. Okay. Ooh, sorry. 
Um, as a black woman that has, of course, a black father and a black brother, it definitely, it gives me anxiety, like a lot of anxiety. Because even in my neighborhood, my brother, when we were younger, he was mowing the lawn and our white neighbors called the cops on him because they thought he was a threat to our neighborhood. And you know what I'm saying? If they were, if it was a situation where they were, you know, had some very ill intentions, it could have ended badly. But I've reached the point where I've almost had to detach and desensitize because it was to the point where this is not the first time this has happened. This is, it's like a a nightmare every three months. It, it, people forget about it. And then another case comes up and I had to detach and desensitize myself because it was to the point where it was really affecting me emotionally. Like, even if I just think about it too hard or now, like I can start crying because you know that Mm -hmm. it literally could be somebody that, you know, it could be your cousin. It could be your friend from college and the media of course will try to smear it however they want. But you know that, you know, there was nothing that they did wrong besides being black. Mm. So it's, it's hard to think about, especially because we are young adults and, in the next few years, we'll be bringing our own children, you know, if that's our desire to into this world and you can't help, but feel hopeless because so much happens, but no one is ever held accountable. So it's like, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why people, people are so frustrated now. Yeah. It's, it's a feeling. Yeah, I was just going to say, according to what um, Jamila said, like the amount of videos coming out online today, it's crazy. Like, honestly, I'm trying to detach myself from Instagram a lot these days because the amount of violence being put online, it's, I wouldn't say unprecedented, but, like, I really feel for the families that, because if you actually study the videos, a lot of these videos go all the way back, and maybe some families have actually accepted what had happened to their loved ones. And when you have situations like this happening, you have people bringing back these videos my problem with this is I understand the intentions, but I feel for the family that has to live with this every day. The yeah. fact that you have to go online and you're on Instagram and you see the death of your loved one. I feel like I wish there was a better way to approach this. I understand yeah. the intent is not meant to be a reminder to the family, but that's the situation we find ourselves but, in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I do hope we can find a better approach to this and Uvo and I were actually discussing about this and the solution to this, it's, it's difficult. Ovo said then, if all the black people should move out of America, they'll probably find a way to maybe harass the Asians. Oh, sorry, the Hispanic people. If the Hispanic people yeah. decide to leave America, it's going to transcend down to the Asians. So as long as um, there are people generally stronger than others, people are always going to be oppressed. So the solution yeah. to this, I really don't know. And... I really do pray for people out there, to be honest. Y'all just be safe and stay aware on everything, guys. That's all I can say. Yeah. yeah. And, as far- and do not let this moment define your self-worth and your value yeah. as as a Black American in this country, Black immigrant, Black American in this country. Do not let whatever the police, whatever white people, whatever community, don't let that be the definition of what your self-worth is or your perception of who you are as a person. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna say like one thing too is just as part tone deafness, it's just really sad to see the leadership of this country, how the president, the he who shall not be named <laughs> attacking situation. He's handling how, how he's he's responding. It's just because 
what we're facing now is basically it's it's feels like war right feels like war and uh, black people's lives have been at war for a long time but now it's kind of like the final very public declaration of war and you know violence i look at violence like fire you know it's easy to start to spark it but once the fire is ignited it's very difficult to control yeah and what he's doing is really not working towards a resolution Finding the flames. and he's like, yeah, he, he's almost like he thrives on this and i'm really worried because i hate when somebody starts violence and is not the one getting hit in the face you know mm. don't don't yeah. start a war if you're not going to jump in the front line so that's why yeah. i always like you know when people talk about loot or don't loot you know the the protest the the intention behind the protest is more important and I also want to say, as per the people who are bad agents in the protests, right, there are also people who are good agents. Like I saw the UFC light heavyweight, John Jones, right? He was stopping some people from vandalizing. You know, there are people who are doing good. And we don't want the people, the bad actors, to take away from the intention of the protest. And I just yeah, pray that. Yeah. I, I pray this is the message. You know, I pray this is the the thing that finally leads to something tangible i pray this is what finally tips the scale Mm. because every day not every every, like many days for the oppressor but one day for the oppressed at one day i mean it it has to it has to change because Mm. god forbid we don't want to see the next person get shot on tv you know the next person who they step on their neck and they scream and they can't breathe we don't see the next person because God knows what will happen if we see that again. You know? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so thank you so much all for sharing. That was very, very um, I guess Yeah. What is the word? Vulnerable moment from all of us. Uh, you know, we all kind of bet it all out there. And uh <laughs> so let's see if we can actually transition into a more positive note, uh, as the um, episode was intended to be but like we said we didn't want to ignore how we were feeling at this moment because that would just be very inauthentic of us um, so yeah moving on we are here to really talk about who is the catch right <laughs> and we had a very very good um, part one of this topic on the duel hopefully you have all checked it out so now um, I remember we kind of transitioned and started to ask the guys if they felt like um oh if we i guess we felt like we had enough options in the dating pool as it came to our you know who we would like to settle down with and uh, i guess i can just go first because i remember what i said was that i, I was going to drag myself and I, I actually proceeded to drag myself i i um for me i don't think i have I don't think that there are no options for me. In fact, I feel like there's so many black women out there who are, you know, if I were to like make a list, they would, they would tick my boxes. So it's, I feel like it's just me who is not ready to, you know, take that whatever step, you know, like to, to really make an effort into settling down and finding somebody who maybe we can go for the long haul. So, I mean, you can call me ain't shit if you want, but I mean, I would just like to defend myself after I dragged myself and see that in as much <laughs> in as much as I am not, you know, currently in that headspace where I felt like I wanted to do any of that. 
I will never, you know, lead anyone on or or um, lie to do anything, you know, lie to... Like, Chola always says, you have to be ready to torpedo yeah. uh, random... So I will never <laughs> lie to even gain it, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, that's just how it is. But I do feel like there's so many, especially... Um, like I said in in the in the first episode, uh, for me the only people that exist is black women. That's just I'm not even trying to cap or anything. He doesn't um, speak for all of us guys. All yeah, of that's what I said for oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people here yeah, like to roll in the snow, but that's all right. That's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure, just make sure they're part of the movement and they're allies, right? right. Um, <laughs> so that's just uh, for me though. I don't think that there's a shortage of eligible black women out there, at least in my opinion. So, um, guys, would you like to? I don't know. Anyone want to speak on their reality when it comes to this? Over anything. Let's <laughs> 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 call you out. <laughs> um, I really don't believe. I don't. I don't know. I don't like to use the term options. Um, I just don't buy that line. I. The way I see, I'm trying to marry one person, right? Um, I'm not picking from a list of options, like who's most suitable. I'm just, I, as much as I don't believe that one for you mentality, I still also feel like you find someone that kind of like clicks with you and you, and you get there with them right i'm not necessarily looking to settle down but i'm also not looking to not settle down i'm just existing and if you (laughs) jump me on the road and we click we click and we go from there right so i think when i think about these things like oh do i have enough options it's like it's like there's yeah there's black women around but there's a lot that goes into i think picking a partner is like it's a really huge thing because it's just even thinking about it spiritually, like you're you're not even just spiritually, just logically, like you're about to share your entire life with this person. Like you become one, right? Like all the things that you used to do by yourself that concerned only you now concerns the both of you. Like that's, that's a huge decision, I think. So I feel like it really isn't about just like lining up all the black women out there and say, yeah, yeah, educated, you, you know, yeah. You have childbearing hips. Let's go and do this, right? It's. I think there's a lot that goes into compatibility. I think there's a lot that goes into finding someone that you can communicate with, ideally. So for me, I'm. I've never really thought of women as options. I really just think about it like, yo, like if we vibe on that level, man, I'm for sure willing to go the distance. So it's just, I guess it's it's, it's getting there. Do you know what I'm like? It's finding that person that you vibe with, and and there's been people in the past, obviously, because I've 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 been in relationships, and I've never dated someone I couldn't one day see myself marrying because, like, why am I dating you if I can't consider marrying you? Right? Like, it's stupid. Like, what 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 am I achieving here if I'm in a relationship with you for trips? One is not fun. Two women are stressful. <laughs> Two is not. Three is not like oh extra knocks like there's knocks on the road it's 2020 so like what's the incentive this guy there is he just opened the door the streets you need to know where to go you don't even need to know where to go this guy just go outside 
<laughs> just told, nobody can see outside of Jeffrey's window now, but the pool is right there with the bare naked <laughs> women. So <laughs> all I'm saying is, it's just like, like my incentive for dating someone is saying, I, I, I want to see if we're compatible enough to go to that next level. Like each step is, is that next level, right? So I've been in relationships with people and, you know, for one reason or the other, it didn't work out. But while it, we were together, we were you know, moving in that direction, right? So I'm just, I, the way I just think about it, it's like, you know, if I vibe with you and, you know, we keep chasing that dream together and we end up there, awesome, man. But I don't, I don't look around and be like, all right, you know, I got a bunch of options. There's a bunch of amazing women out there. Who am I going to pick? No, it's never I been the way I thought about it. Classic jams, man. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think I can go a little bit. So I think for as per options, I always think that I, I don't think there aren't enough eligible black women. I think there are many. And I have a belief that most guys, when they are ready to like settle down, it'll almost be like magical. Like, oh, the girl that has been in your life for five years, you married, whoa, surprise is you know i think most guys it's just is when you get your shit together and you are ready to move that you move like you're especially because of the way like i'll say as a nigerian just the way our society and our community is as a guy you have really the power to pull that trigger like if you move correct if you move with marriage energy it will be you'll be surprised how fast you like you'll be surprised how fast you start finding babes that you click with on that extra level but it's it's until you attain that you know that the i don't know until you get all the dragon balls of marriage or you get all the all the thanos infinity infinity, stone. infinity, infinity rings and everything and then you put you put the last stone on her wedding ring i'm telling you like babes eligible babes will start coming out of everywhere so I think as a guy, really, like the reason I'm not married right now is because I'm not ready to be married. And I chose, I'll, I'll say I chose not to be ready, but you you have to also really be intentional, right? You have to know where you're going, you know? And I believe that you have to also really pray about it because like mm-hmm. I said, most of us want to be married once. And most likely, most of us won't be married once. And we're just I, looking at the numbers. Yeah, if we're looking at the numbers. By God's grace, we don't move by numbers. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 But yeah, I don't want to give anybody half my stuff. Or take half of their stuff. That's what they said. <laughs> they said on the live, right? Or take half their stuff. It's me. It's my stuff that they're taking. Don't mind them. But um, yeah. So I just, I just like think as a guy, you just have to be intentional. But when you know you're not in that space to be intentional, when you're not ready to be intentional, then you, you don't get your stuff together the way you should. And the problem is, as a guy, too, I think men don't factor marriage. Like, they factor maybe being with somebody, but they don't factor marriage enough in their headspace. And I think women factor it too much in their headspace. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. some that it's very easy to be 35 and still be, like, swiping on Tinder. It's very easy. It's easier than you think. So yeah, don't yeah. scare the listeners now. No, it's I'm just scared. <laughs> You're just being guys, real, yeah. Yeah, I think guys should be... I think guys should be take it a bit more seriously like even me like every time my mom talks to me she's always like let's do fasting and prayer for your wife and i'm like we don't do that <laughs> so you know Aww. so I, but I think that we should we should definitely take it more my seriously like because the, the who you marry will will 
you are going on journey for most of your life with them probably mm. and that person will affect the trajectory of your life and you them so i think we should definitely think about it because okay yeah so that's actually interesting somehow we always end up on marriage this last couple of days i don't know but i wanted to actually right? pose a <laughs> i would like to pose a question because i think this question is going to be very important and i'll tie it back later as to when you said men factor marriage too little and women factor marriage too much all right so we're just going to go down the line and i'll ask you um i'm going to ask everybody at what age do your parents start bringing up marriage to you yeah right all right so i'm going to start with um kels kels at what age did your mom or your dad first mention like a life partner like you picking a life partner mm. i feel like it's been socialized in me since i was a young teenager yeah yeah mm. i wasn't necessarily like oh you're gonna get married tomorrow but if i was to do something you know actually mm. since i was a child not even teenager if i burn mm. plantain Oh, that's why you'll never get a good husband. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. so the, from a young age, they're telling us like you need to make sure you're preparing yourself for marriage, but also mm-hmm. simultaneously telling you not to date and don't give men attention. Mm. And then magically after college, that's when the real marriage talk starts. Like once you have a job, I think after mm-hmm. college, I think that's when the real marriage talk starts to begin. Mm-hmm. So that's when they start asking you, you know, oh, I have a friend who has a a brother's nephew in nigeria do you want to do you want me to give you his whatsapp no, no i don't what's up what's up he's yeah. <laughs> so, a nice one he's a nice one yeah <laughs> nice but not nice looking you feel me yeah. <laughs> anyway he's a, boy, he's a nice guy <laughs> so yeah as, for definitely since i've been a child i would say since recent times like i probably the last couple of months my mom is bringing up marriage at least once a week whether it be mm-hmm. with, for me my brother or my sister mainly my brother though Okay. Like happy Sunday, we are getting married soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'll mix it up. Jeff, well, uh, have they asked at all, or when was the first time they, they mentioned? Um, I think personally for me, it's a bit different because my parents didn't actually talk to me about it, mm. and I'll guess it's due to the fact that my parents have been separated for a while now and it's not really the kind of discussion i think they'll be in the best space to talk to me about but mm, i know that while growing up my dad did say like jeffrey if you get any girl pregnant you, you're, i'm not going to force you to get married to her that's what my dad used to say when i was growing up so wow. i think interesting one. for me yeah. <laughs> an interesting me, one it's a bit, it's a yeah, bit it's different. different but like <laughs> For my mom's side of the family, they always talk about, oh, you must bring an evil girl to this house. We don't want any other person, blah, 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 blah. And my dad goes, Jeffrey, I don't want to see any evil girl in this house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult. But That's like, that PTSD, man. That evil <laughs> man. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different dynamic for me. And I'll just pretty much say it's my mom's family. While we're talking, my aunt called me now, and I know in between a whole ranch, she's going to go, so have you found any girl now? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then my dad's sister is all going like, don't worry, Jeffrey, I'll connect you, I'll connect you, I'll connect you. So every, I get the energy from everybody else except my parents. So like, I'm not getting that pressure from my parents. So I'm pretty much good, if, if that makes sense too. Okay, interesting. Yours is, so you're like a, what do you call it? Almost like an anomaly, right? <laughs> Very <Probably>. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I think so. So Jamila, what about you? So like Halechi, 
right? And I think it's just like being a Nigerian girl, you're groomed at an early age to just like be thinking about marriage. So like I couldn't even give you a definitive age as to when like Mm -hmm. just marriage was introduced to me or just like the idea of being a wife was introduced to me. Because even just thinking back, like I think about times where like maybe my room was like untidy or whatever. And my dad would mm-hmm. come in and just be like, look at your room. It's so dusty. Who will marry you? You know, like mm-hmm. that, that like for that is the kind of like commentary I got just mm-hmm. like at a very young age. And it, it's not just for my dad. It's just uh, it's, I would say it's from both parents, both sides. Mm-hmm. Equally. It was always about being prepared to be a wife mm. and not necessarily in like creating or setting standards. So I listened to Jeffrey, you, you know, talk about just like tribal tribalistic standards or like Kalechi too in the past. Like we talked about standards parents set for what they want from you. Like mine's is more so just being prepared to be a wife more so than setting standards in terms of what are values you should look for in a man, you know, mm, in an African man, in a Nigerian man, in a black man, you know, like should he being selfless, like being a leader, that kind of thing. I, I don't feel that I that was always vocalized to me. It was always more so being prepared to be a wife or being prepared to get married. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm sure you guys can see where this is going, the listeners. So, <laughs> Ovo, <laughs> what about you? Um, my my situation is I don't know, it's kinda so both parents are different, right? Um mm-hmm. these topics are never really things that generally come up in my household. My mom can't see them in passing on jokes and whatever. My dad on the other hand is like, Why is why is he having this conversation with you, right? <laughs> um so I'm I moved to the US when I was like twenty five. Yeah, I think I was about twenty five when I moved to the US. So I think when my mom started having those marriage conversations about it, uh, sorry, about marriage, right? It was probably around 24, but in a different context, because at the time I was in a pretty committed relationship and, um, you know, all families were involved, all that good shit. So it was more so, oh, like, this we are marrying. Like, we had all accepted that thing. Look at God. Um <laughs> But for more so my dad, I think it's more, it's really been late last year into this year, more typically this year, just because um, graduated college, right? Went to grad school, graduated grad school, got a job. So it's like, like what's next? You know, like that's, this is, mm-hmm. that's typically like the next major milestone. So it's like you're working, yeah. you're you know, you're making your own money, you're doing your own thing, you've money. done all the degrees that, you know, he's willing to pay for anyway. So it's like, all right, you know. And so it, 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 but it comes up in like passing conversation because we've, my father's not that kind of guy. So these conversations are kind of awkward for him. So he kind of just like oh. throws it out there just to let you know that he's willing to talk about it. But like, I'm not. So it's, it's good that he's like uncomfortable <laughs> with the conversation. So I can just kind of. I can just kind of dodge it, right? Yeah. But I think more recently, it's really been my mom's family. Because my mom has a pretty big family, and all of them are in Atlanta. Like, my mom has... My mom is the first of eight kids, right? Wow. So it's Same. it's a bunch of brothers and sisters that live, like, five minutes away from each other. 
So it's like, and that's why I had to get the fuck out of Atlanta. Like everybody wow. your business. Yeah, no cap. I'm not even joking. That. I feel that. Like I was like, I was like, I was, so I and Jeffrey uh, a couple weeks ago, we're at his aunt's place and it was my grandma's birthday. So I call her to wish her a happy birthday. Right. And then like the whole family is there celebrating with her and it turns into like a whole group conversation and next thing they're talking about marriage and it's like this guy i just called to say happy birthday like leave me alone. <laughs> do you know what i mean like Emile, my, Emile, <laughs> my birthday Emile. was a lot of it was a lot of prayers of god to give you good wife why can't pray to god to give me money it's money <laughs> i want do you know what i mean so i think i think those conversations have been more frequent now before mm-hmm. they didn't come up as much and when they came up it was really in the context of the fact that i was in a relationship at the time and you know mm-hmm. they weren't like ah go out marry it was just like okay like yeah you, like you guys are doing this together like ah these are your plans da, 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 da. And now yeah. that you know i'm back to not being in that in and not in a relationship but also it's like that's supposed to be the next milestone now it seems to come up more often than not and yeah. i'm i'm not running away from marriage nobody wants to marry me so what do you, you should let me rest <laughs> all the fine listeners what you say yeah. <laughs> all right so before i go shall I, shall I go ahead and then i'll go last so i i think my situation kind of similar to others in that my mom grew up with my mom also had seven siblings and six of them were women and they all lived in Lagos. So it was also like every, every other week we'll go to my grandma's house and it was like the committee of women. <laughs> it was very overwhelming actually. <laughs> but, um, how do, you feel, so, how do you think your dad felt? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, the husband just be sitting down there trying to talk about football and this, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it was, my mom used to make comments about being married, but not in that, in the kind of the way most Nigerian parents would like, Oh, you need to do this for your wife. You know, make sure that when you have your wife, you do this, make sure that when you have your wife, you do this. But it's also because my mom was raised that way. Right. So she just knows that you're supposed to raise your children to be ready for marriage. But my dad and I have, my dad, I just said, do whatever you like. My mom has given me like breakdown of exactly what my wife needs to be. And as if she wants to marry my wife by herself, that's her business. (laughs) But my dad, on the other hand, is like, you can marry whatever you, that's your business. Like, even when my dad, when I was coming to America, my dad was like, he gave me like, he gave me three rules. I won't say them because I don't want to, but one of them was like, don't commit a crime. And then I was like, oh, and there's a third one, don't get somebody pregnant. And it was like, that's your business. My G. My G. If you like, go out and get somebody pregnant. This is not your child. So <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, you're, it's like, there are three rules. And one of them is don't get anybody pregnant. One of them isn't that. But he he's wow. he's just we're not he does doesn't talk about it. But I think that actually, if he doesn't want to talk about it, I need to talk to him about it. Because for the most part, a lot of us become our parents for the bit, most part, right? Mm-hmm. And our children will become us. And we need to learn those things from our parents. So I think I actually need to talk to my dad about that because personally, and I say this a lot, I don't see the, I don't see the incentives for me to be married personally, but I actually can, I know why marriage is important, especially on a community basis. I know why marriage is important for one thing, right? If you're an immigrant community and your community tends to get married, 
your community will tend to thrive in that. Like if Nigerians tend to marry, right, and just have successful marriages, Nigerians in America will succeed more. Yeah. It's just the best way to raise a family because it's a more stable way to raise a family. And it's what is I know I'm probably going to do. And to be able to do it successfully, we have to learn from those who did it before. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a waste, right? And an, almost an insult to people who maybe don't have the privilege of knowing their fathers at this stage in their life and don't have the option to seek that advice. How, or people who, you know, and my parents are, not only do I know my dad, my parents are still married. So it's, I think it's actually important for us to talk to our dads. If they don't want to initiate it, we're all men now. So mm-hmm. we have to kind of be the ones to initiate it. I've been thinking about it a lot. So because they can be the ones to tell us why they need our mothers because, you know, they are married to them and they do need them. Mm-hmm. And so that we can kind of understand who we are better. Yeah, and over you said something odd oh, I was going to address. I can't remember. Oh, it was, it well, was you this, said was something this. I was going to address yeah. even. It was this. It was actually, it's what I'm saying now that we should, we yeah. should be the ones to man up and talk to our popsies. If they don't have to talk to us, we're men now. So, yeah. But yeah, my mom started talking about marriage to me very early. She just made comments about it. Now, everybody in my family is disturbing me because I'm the oldest. Mm. And they are just, yeah, my life. I have an uncle ah. that got married at yeah. 24, right? And so, from the moment I hit 24, you say, you know, I was older than you when I got married. <laughs> this, mind you, this guy is, he was divorced at some point. So I'm like, dog, <laughs> do you understand that you are the parent? And he's like, you know, I was younger than you when I got married. Like, by your age, walking. by your age, she was already pregnant. I was like, dog, you are <laughs> not selling this thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I'm the first. I say, I'm not just my mother's first child. I'm my grandparents' first grandchild. Same. So, do with that information male. what you may. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest child. I'm the oldest grandchild. Period. Ah. <laughs> male, female, all of them. Ah. But wow. now, about what you said about like talking to our fathers about marriage, I I do think it's important. Um, I think it absolutely is important to talk to our fathers, but even not just maybe not not even our fathers alone, but any um male role model that you think you have around. However, I also think it is important to keep in mind that. Um, they say you can't simulate marriage, and it's it's there for a reason. Because first of all, every every marriage is different, regardless of who you are and who you marry. Um, it's never going to be exactly like your parents. It's never going to be exactly like your friends. It's never going to be exactly like anyone else's. And no matter how long you guys date for, marriage comes with a whole other package, right? So. Yeah. You have to always be prepared to face challenges that you didn't think were going to happen in marriage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while while it's important to talk to them to get insight into a lot of thing of of things that you might need to handle, you always have to be ready for curveballs, man. Because marriage, marriage, <laughs> marriage will swing, man. Marriage is. See, when Mike Tyson said that thing, um, that quote where he was like, "Everybody has a plan till they get punched in till, till they get punched in the face," is marriage <laughs> I was thinking about, man. <laughs> wow <laughs> very well said everyone so i guess it's, it's my turn and the reason i asked um well we'll get to that in a minute but for me and i will talk from a perspective of 
I'm not like you guys. I think all three of you are firstborns. Jeff, are you a firstborn? No, I'm not. No, I'm the middle. Oh, okay. No one talks okay, about same. it, so he's fine. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm middle. Middle child. Same. We can talk. In fact, we'll have an episode <laughs> on middle child complex, honestly, because that's, that's something. <laughs> I beg. I beg. I beg. No need to keep quiet. While, while all the middle children need to lock Nobody up. ever listens to if, us. That's okay, fine, because that's like fine, nobody needs problem. to listen to you. Let you me explain to you why nobody needs to listen to you. You see the you. problem. We raised you. <laughs> we raised you. So you we, man, Anyways, we raised you. you. You see the problem. So, uh, so for me, I have an older sister, yeah? And for me, actually, up until today, I have not had a very concrete conversation with my parents about marriage. In fact, the only two, maybe two times I remember we've talked about marriage in my context is one time my and uh, my parents were in in town in Houston they picked me up from school and my mom joked about me marrying an american you know and my dad was like what do you mean you know like kind of like make sure he's an american also you know you are settled that was a joke and then the other time my parents were here in my apartment and my dad actually called me out he was like your generation is afraid of commitment and i'm like ah, what is going right. on here yeah. And I was like, and I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, this man is correct. But obviously my pride did not let me. I said, no, what do you mean? We're not afraid of commitment. Stop that. You know, I was arguing with him and he was like, okay, tell me three reasons that you can't get married right now. I said, money, money, uh, money. I said, I'm not, hey, I'm by a lot. And this money is the fourth one. <laughs> um, we'll probably cut down by a lot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully they find That's why you put your phone on vibrate. No, even yeah, but the amber alert would ring out no matter what. Oh, no, no, um, mine ring out. no, mine didn't go out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was just yeah, you. Was, sorry, no, that was my work phone. I always keep that one on on ring out. My actual, anyways, <laughs> that's not important. So we actually had a conversation, and he was like, um, "Give me three reasons," and I tell him that um, I need to get to a particular part, you know, amount of savings, and he's like that, and then. That was literally the only reason I could give him. The other two were just bogus. I don't even know what I said because they were bogus and I knew they were bogus. <laughs> but to, to the point of like, I have an older sister, right? And just like Kels and Jamila said, all these narratives. I mean, my parents, honestly, they did a good job um, when it comes to like things of, you know, responsibilities as a as human being. Like, in fact, for me growing up, I had more because... My mom is not like, oh, the kitchen is for women and the, what, you know, I was in the kitchen helping them cook. I know how to cook very well. But at the same time, I had to wash my dad's cars because a woman is not washing cars. So in fact, at the end of the day, I will sweep the house, sweep my room, clean my room and be in the kitchen and wash. So anyways, just to say that, okay, fine, they did that. But my sister, the moment she turned, I don't even know what it was, if it was 18 or 20, they already started talking about it. But till today, I'm on, I'm going to be 25 soon. I still haven't had a concrete conversation about marriage. So that's to say, like, there's a very, like, big disparity in the way marriage is addressed with male and female children, especially in the Nigerian community. And so yeah. to Shola's point earlier as to why men don't think about marriage enough and women kind of tend to think about marriage too much because it happens that that is just how we've been socialized so far and so i think this conversation was was really good because it kind of shows that it's something that should be important to everybody in a in a very balanced way you know it should yeah. be equally as important to both men and women yeah. that's if you want to get married yeah. Yeah, 
So how do you think the <laughs> disconnect in how you communicate the value of marriage to a female child versus a male child, how do you think that shows up when somebody actually gets married? Well, that shows up in ex- that first question we addressed um, on the live, which was... Oh. <laughs> I hope they find them. Oh, oh good. Um, but um, it shows up in that. What did, what was the question? It was about um, expectations. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the most blatant manifestation of this this um, socialization is when people now get married, the expectations from both the man man and the woman kind of show a certain way. A lot of pressure is put on the woman to be a wife, but the man can just as long as he's making money, you know. He can, as long as he doesn't bring her to his marital bed, or yeah. he doesn't need to know how to cook, yeah, or you know, just you know, basic human things. And the bar is very low. Yeah, this is. I think. Low bar. I think. To mansplain Ayo's points because yeah, <laughs> um, the way I understand your point and I, and I agree, I think is this: it's you you nurture women from their conception to be groomed for marriage, right? So the entire being is is placed in being marriage ready as opposed to men who you say he has to be the the breadwinner of the home right so he has to learn to provide before he should even be thinking about marriage so you now have a man who's going into marriage thinking that his responsibility is to provide and that's it like he should work and bring money into the household so now you have men who are less willing to be fathers and husbands because the idea of what being a father and a husband is is being able to to put money on the table to feed the kids to feed the wife and as long as he's doing that he's doing everything he needs to do right mm-hmm. that makes you really ill-equipped for marriage because responsibilities will come that you as a couple need to handle together mm-hmm. and then you're not going to be able to do that because you have a woman who's probably better skill that it's not because she has two heads but because they've been drumming it into her head since she was born how you raise your children like this how you take care of your husband if you can't cook how you da 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 you know what i mean and then the man is like eh, do it now you know what i mean and you're looking at this guy like so if the baby is crying at 3 a.m in the night i'm gonna be the only one that's gonna get up are you for real do you know what I mean? And he's like, ah, mm-hmm. I have to go to work tomorrow and go and make money for us. How are we going to eat and how are we going to survive? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you have a very you have a household that's so wired weirdly about how responsibilities are shared, right? Mm-hmm. And not to say that whatever he's doing at work, like he's not working hard to go earn earn a living, right? But the fact that she's a woman doesn't mean she doesn't want to work and earn a living too because there's a lot more that comes from working a job than just getting paid there's the self-actualization that comes from it right and women absolutely want to experience that as well so it's so if you say and we're saying well this society of course women should be able to work but then you we say that like we're doing women a favor when we say they're allowed to work like (laughs) what do you mean they're allowed to work do you know what i mean like there's no So it's like, yeah, yeah, she has to do her stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's 2020, so we'll allow her go and work as well. She's fine. <laughs> but, like, you're putting more responsibility on this woman because she wants to live her life, you know, the way that you would also prefer to live your life because she desires better for herself. All she's saying is share the responsibility with me. And all that comes from our upbringing just because marriage is that 
last thing after you've achieved everything else i mean for a man after you've achieved everything else then you're gonna get married right so you don't know yeah. what you're going to go and do when you get married other than i have the money now to take care of family so enter my house and that creates problems in the household that i guess either cause most marriages to be unhappy or cause most marriages to end bro you just said something and it just kind of give me almost an epiphany uh, or maybe a way to say things that i've thought for a long time for men marriage is the last thing yeah. after you've accomplished mm -hmm. what you're supposed Every to do thing. then you marry for women marriage is the first thing yeah. that is the first thing that yeah. makes you accomplished at least in the way that we've been taught and i feel like i mean that's exactly what we're saying but i don't know when you hear said that it kind of just clicked in a way in my head like wow that is the key right there. Is is almost like I don't even know how I used to say, it, but yeah, yeah, that was really yeah, that's really all I had. But that to really say sounds that. like a recipe for a disaster because it is. at what yes. at what point <laughs> is. is that supposed to align? Yeah, yeah. when is, when would it align exactly? Yes, it's aligned. One person yeah. is ready to be fully committed, and one person isn't. You know, and yeah. it's yeah. a lot of miscommunication and wasted time. And yeah. What's and funny is sorry. <laughs> What's funny is my mom actually um, told me something similar ages ago, right? She always would tell me, um, so she would ask me if she if she knew I was ever involved with a with a with a girl, she would ask, oh, how old the girl was and whatever. And I used to be like, why are you like, why does that even matter? Because uh, I've I've mentioned this a couple of times, but like earlier on, I used to be involved with more like older women, I guess if that's the way to put it, but her thing was always like no you have to always find someone that's younger than you and i was like why right and she kind of put it to me like that she explained it differently but that was basically the takeaway that like her idea was like oh you guys won't be ready for marriage at the same time <laughs> like why can't we be ready for marriage at the same time mm. and her explanation would just kind of was maybe not as not not the way I put it specifically, but that was where I got my mentality from. Like, oh, so this is what we're talking about. Because she's like, look, they've been grooming women to get married since men. A woman comes out of college and she's like, all right, husband. Like, you're thinking, where am I going to go and work? Where am I going to? How am I going to be able to raise kids? How am I going to pay school fees? And the truth is, I, where I am right now in life, eh, I, I think I have like baby fever which is sad, but, like, I don't have marriage <laughs> fever. Like, I would, I do, it's weird that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind being married. I don't not want to be married, but, like, I don't absolutely want to be married. However, I absolutely want to have kids. But, like, every time I think kids, like, I don't think joy. Even though, like, yeah, you know, children are a gift from God. I think school fees, like, that's the first thing that slaps me in the face. Do you understand what I mean? Medical fees right like when a woman thinks marriage she tends to think of that day being the you know her happiest day or whatever maybe it is maybe it isn't but like she thinks about all the things the dress or whatever the moment you hear marriage i hear marriage i think how much am i about to spend dollar signs <laughs> dollar signs that's the yeah. first thing that comes the first thing i'm even thinking about first of all engagement ring where where is that gonna mm. come from right so all of those things are ingrained in us like even when we don't realize that like this is to be like, this is part of the problem. Like, we've just been socialized that way that it's become the norm. That, like, the moment I think marriage, the first thing I attach it to is finances. And nice. if I feel like my finances are not good enough for me to, to to go along with it, I'm like, you know what? I need to go and make some money first. 
but that's that's kind of where the problem is right because yeah you're like like and they mention to you all the time too right they're like oh but there's a bunch of couples who made it together it's like okay yeah yeah sure yeah. <laughs> but like of course yeah <laughs> sure but right but the truth is that i also think that for men that money thing to me right it has always felt like an excuse or a crutch because i was yeah. gonna say that you, thank you, are you, are you is there a point in time you're never going to struggle in the whole time you're married no no, no but but, your, but that's but that's will, the point but let me finish so oh is that where you were going to sorry yeah that. that's the point like yeah, that is why it's a problem that like you're you're always using that as your thing like oh but, but that's a big part of the problem right because there's never a time you're not going to struggle there's never a time that you're even going to have enough money to raise a kid let's be honest kids are expensive as fuck and they seem to be getting expensive day by day because oh, yeah. like they are liars and they are crackheads all they want to do is eat and not parent these guys this guy daycare is like 1200 a week you know what i mean what they eat when they give birth to them and everything in each at the initial stage is hard man i remember somebody sent me something about uh one very Fine young lady sent me something about wanting babies, and I just found this um this stroller, stroller it's like thingy, scroller, yeah, stroller. Yeah, this like stroller thing online that was like almost a thousand dollars on like Amazon, and I sent a picture to her. I was like, yeah, let's have that <laughs> conversation stroller. again. Shadow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you so done with your point? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, I think I was just gonna say that it's also kind of a crutch because I think as women are groomed to be partners, right? And I'll say Nigerian women, just because that's the community I grew up in. That I also think that men use the finances thing as a kind of like as an excuse. Like I said, like we don't talk. Our dads are not talking to us, so we're not talking to our dads. But it's yeah. me that is going to have to marry my wife. My dad is not going to marry my wife. You know, she, I'm going to live with her. So it's in my best interest. The same way I say girls to shoot their shot. Mm. I think like is in my best interest to talk to my father and learn what I need to learn from his experience that will help me, right? And I think that the money thing is an excuse because whether, I think it's just a mask because men, we don't learn how to be emotionally vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? And we don't learn how, to, like a lot of emotional coping skills. So the real worry is that we will become vulnerable with somebody and they will hurt us in some way that's really the worry that's the real worry. that's why you that's if you are financially stable most of us i mean maybe not all of us but most of us are once you have a job really you have enough to be married even if you're a student and you know you're probably going to get a job honestly that's enough to yeah. be married because people have been married with less so i think yeah. for a lot of guys really is that we are not really taught a lot of emotional coping skills right we don't really even know how to really coexist with a woman 24 7 mm-hmm. really don't know like Thank so people you. don't know how to even make female friends so it's, i think is this and there are a lot of things and that's a whole nother issue you sick toxic masculinity blah 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 but i think that's one big issue is that you know that if i choose to marry somebody that i will have to lo- I, w- I will love this person that's why i'm marrying them i'll have to be vulnerable right but then we try yeah. and couch the vulnerability with we say prenup or whatever whatever but those are just crutches i think hmm. so what lady okay, I have a question. That you said oh sorry go ahead um uh, go ahead Kelly, Kelly Jean. i was gonna say it's interesting that you say that men um struggle to be emotionally available 
because mm-hmm. when I think about it, I feel like women are better equipped to handle heartbreak and things not working out once the connection has already been made. I feel like women mm-hmm. get over breakups better, whereas Definitely men better. are better on the initial end when it comes to rejection. I feel mm. like men are able to bounce back better. And I think it kind of goes to what our goal is, right? Men, they love the chase. They love being able to find fresh blood, if you will. Whereas women, <laughs> and even if that means, you know, so. suffering rejection, like they know that the end result is going to be a new person. And you're at least going to be able to feel that, you know, that excitement for a little bit. Whereas women, their end goal, and not all the time, a lot of times is finding that long-term committed relationship. So they're willing to go through a lot of different heartbreaks to find the one. So when you said that, it just kind of hit me like, it's not necessarily that women can't handle rejection, but I feel like women are able to handle rejection in a different way, better than men can and vice versa. Yeah, because of what they're chasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I think um, before we start to round up, I kind of have one question, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think this ties back to um, what we were talking about, about the whole, you know, finance thing or whatever, right? Someone said, I don't remember if this was a tweet or something I saw one time, but someone had said um, that men almost never marry for love, right? A lot of the time, especially in like, especially like African men or Nigerian, let me just say that, right? That like a lot of the time they come to this place where they are ready for marriage. Like you hear them say a lot of the time, I'm ready for marriage. And then they marry who's available. Yeah. Like they never that. really marry for love. For conveniency, they marry for Exactly. Like, like that's the person available. So like what do you guys think? Is, is that a thing that you think happens most of the time? Yeah. I would say it is. Oh, I would. I don't know if it's most of the time, but you know, I do think that obviously, right? If we're talking about just my experience of or outlook of just the Nigerian men that I grew up with and the Nigerian males I grew up with, again, like being raised where you don't have. It's as if they're raised to not have. Uh, I guess the values that, um, you know, is oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you get disconnected? So many times. I lost Sounds my train so of thought. Yeah, ask, oh, ask but yeah, no, I do agree with you though. I do think that a lot, I've seen that a lot to where like men are marrying for conveniency. But I mean, if it takes time to get to a place where you're mature enough to, you know, financially securing your career to where you're ready to make that choice in marrying, I would assume that that takes time, which means you may have had to break some hearts or turn a few women down before getting to that point, you know, where you're ready to marry and you end up marrying who's available to you at that time where you're fi- financially secure. Yeah. And, and I also think that like the way, like a lot of, when I was talking about shooting ladies should shoot their shots. I think I remember saying that, you know, youth and beauty are a currency that young women spend, right. And you may spend that currency in short term relationships. And then when you get to the time you're 30, you're trying to shoot your shots, you know, and you don't know how, but I also think the same is true for men. 
in that the same way men are afraid of vulnerability and men are afraid of um like men don't plan marriage i think men also un- undervalue companionship which is why the guy what he's doing is settling right you say you marry who's available but he's settling right the same way like yeah. a woman if she if she doesn't you know if she's younger and she decides to just wait for whoever is ready to marry her to marry her and she doesn't you know be more proactive she might have to settle so i think that those men are settling too you know they say you can grow to love someone that's kind of true but the men who are proactive and a lot of men i think men secretly do realize these things we just don't talk about it right there are like i i know one of my friends got married who was like one the first of some our group of friends from my undergrad to get married I know he married the same baby's dating for time, right? But I remember yeah. having a conversation with him a long time ago. Oh, I feel like no, he might his wife might listen. I don't want I don't want her to decode this. <laughs> they, they are married now, so she's one. She has to be there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, I was, I remember asking him because I was dating my first girlfriend at the time, and you know I was talking about love, and I was asking him, and I was like, Nah, you're not in love with this girl. So you're not in love with this girl. And he said, the only woman I can love is my mother. You can't love a woman that... So I think he was... He couldn't even really understand or value the importance of companionship and love until he kind of got his stuff together. It was after he got, like, finished grad school and got a nice job. Then I think maybe that's when he felt secure enough to maybe be in love. I don't know what... Vulnerable ex- enough almost. Yeah. To... He felt secure enough to be vulnerable. Yeah, secure enough to be vulnerable. And so... I, I can kind of understand that, especially because he's like an, he's, a, he's an immigrant. So if you don't get a job, you're going back to your country. You're not secure. Yeah. So that insecurity thing is real. The money thing is real. But I also think that it's just like a, it's like an excuse, like a subconscious excuse, but a valid excuse, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's a weird concept for me. Um, just like you I had a friend who was who is a little older than myself, you know, tell me that, like, people marry for many reasons, right? That, like, it's not always love. Um, This was in a very peculiar conversation. So I understand the narrative behind most men don't marry for love. Um, Most men are just marrying who's available at the time because they're finally ready. I also think that, the way that conversation is phrased, it kind of just implies that women are marrying for love, right? But it's like, who are you marrying? Do you know what I mean? Like, like what you're saying is like, the women are marrying the men that they love, but these men are not marrying for love. These men are settling. And I'm just like, there's just so many parts of that conversation that that you can't, I don't think you can phrase in one line. Because hmm. I, I argue that a lot of the women marrying for love are marrying people that love them. Maybe. Right? <laughs> so, if the men love them back, then the men are marrying for love, I guess. Do you know what I'm like? <laughs> marrying who's available, I think, does not mean that you don't love them. Mm. Uh, do you get I, what think, I, I think mean? it can like, mean that it's not necessarily your first choice. Yes, yeah. So, you know, you think back to that, like, one babe that you had in, like, uni that, like, was, that meant the world to you, that if you had your way, that, like, ah, you you would have died for her and all that good shit. But, like, you know, she's the one that got away. 
But like at the end of the day, man, half the time, if we're really being honest with ourselves, half the time, man, that girl is an infatuation. You don't really want to raise kids with that girl. That woman, while she say, was... I can say it's yes and no. I, I depending, think it can depending. be not be. Because I think some on, in some senses, it is like that, where maybe you like the girl and she didn't like you back. But there's also situations where maybe the girl liked you a lot and you didn't like her back. And now yeah. you're looking back five years later, you're just like, oh, shit, like I had a good thing and I wasted it. But I also do want to note that as people, we tend to romanticize our past. So can you really say that it's settling? Because even your memories of it might not even be accurate. Exactly. To, exactly. to give you, exactly. you know, exactly what was happening at yeah. that time. Exactly. exactly. That's why I'm saying there's too many parts to it to just generalize yeah. with men don't yeah. marry for love. <clears throat> and, yeah. and it's too, and it's, especially with that, the girl who got away, it's easier for you to, like you said, romanticize the past than to learn the lesson and then become vulnerable again in the future. It's always easier, mm. you know, and... Yeah, this is. I don't know why this. Why did they even serious. go to marriage? Who knows? Wow. Well, <laughs> but I, I would say, I would, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just it's just that time of the year. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I think we can we can begin to round up. Um, this was not. Uh, I guess. Um, I guess I would say, this was as authentic as it could have been. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's not how the first conversation went. The first one was a lot of banter. It was yeah. was high energy. It was we were drinking. Yeah, Shola, was, well. Shola was on Shola one. Whiskey, you know, whiskey, whiskey logic. Whiskey Shola logic. had whiskey math going for him. <laughs> but I, I, yes, but I thoroughly still enjoyed because you know, the thing about conversations is they can be, you know, there's very very different kinds of conversations, but they're all great conversations. And I think that this is uh, this was something that was. I think was needed to talk about. If it wasn't needed to talk about, we wouldn't be talking about it. So, um, yes. Um, so I think as we're rounding up, does anyone have any last remarks they want to make? You know, anything you want, you just want to get off your chest. You know, we we encourage rants on off the rails. So if you have a rant as well, let us know. <laughs> See, it's very easy to rant in this current times. Um, yeah. So why not, no, right? Rant, why rant not? <laughs> yeah why not why not i'm just um i think i want to address black people typically africans um <clears throat> i think typically my nigerians specifically because yeah the ones that are around my social media yeah the ones i'm seeing a few of you have commented about how you think the looting is you know, doing us a disservice, right? And I don't I don't disagree with you. We shouldn't be looting and all that shit. But like people are talking about these protests and how they're not going to help them. They're not going to help anything and they're not going to fix the problem and we're making things worse. And uh, I think I've said this before. I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast, but I believe I have. Um, about a, a thing that Miles Monroe had said, or was it T.D. Jakes? No, Miles Monroe had said that, like, my that had really caught my father's attention, and he would mention it a lot in the house that we grew up in. He said, if you don't have responsibility, we don't want you to have an opinion. Or, mm. well, as he was said, don't have an opinion where you don't have responsibility. Mm. The point is, right, black people in America have had peaceful protests. They've knelt, they've begged, they've cried, yep. Yep. and it hasn't worked. And while the violent one is not going to work as well, 
if you want to come and tell us what's not working, we're tired, come and tell us what will work. Offer solutions. If you're not offering solutions, shut up your dirty mouth. Shut it up. <laughs> shut yes. up. Right? Honestly, because yes. that is the question, right? How do black people protest the injustice? Because if you say the peaceful ones are not working, but the violent one is not working. So don't do this violent one and don't do the peaceful one. What you're saying is roll over and die. Yeah. That is very problematic to me, right? I'm not here to tell anybody how to challenge the injustice, how to fight it and how not to fight it. But I really believe that you don't get to tell people how they are about their anger and about their aggression, mm-hmm. especially when their anger is valid. Yes. When their anger is warranted, you don't get to tell them how they express their anger. You can see that there are repercussions for their how they've expressed their anger, and that's fine. There are repercussions. And the people who do these things should also be able to understand that there will be consequences for the things that you do, right? Whatever. But I'm not out here trying to police how anybody wants to react to the situation. So yeah. I'm just saying, man, the reason why I talk about like Nigerians specifically because they are the ones I see. I feel like Africans tend to become so disconnected from the issues. I see I see a lot of I've been seeing a few on my Twitter and my Instagram. I'm just like I'm like, why are you why are you chatting? Like why are you chatting yeah. shit? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like I feel like you become so like you're living in the same America with us, but you become so desensitized because you think because you come from Nigeria where we literally are groomed to roll over and die. So that's why mm. you're here telling people to roll over and die, right? Like mm. You are you are black too. Like police guy is not yeah. going to ask for your in fact probably going to hit you for your African name, Seth, but he's going to shoot you first in the back. So right. So these people protesting are protesting because they don't want you to go out you, you to have to go out tomorrow worried about your lives. The same way people marched with MLK because they didn't want black people in America to continue to suffer segregation. Right? Mm-hmm. So it may not and people like to act like MLK marched once and they were like, okay, we give up. Like mm-hmm. it's do you understand? Like this these things yeah. were a process, right? So I'm yes. not saying this is right, this is what's going to work, this is what but please we only want to hear a solution. If you don't have solution, yeah. shut up. Shut Just up. shut up. And piggybacking <laughs> off of that, also it's the same thing, but if you are saying that the people who are looting, people who are rioting are only um, perpetuating the stereotype that they are shut the fuck up like i'm saying this one on my chest shut up <laughs> do you know why white people riot because their sports team lost a player or because they won or because These they guys lost are, public, are you public stupid this will wear out and told them to wear masks and not catch corona and you're going to so honestly for me that's self-loathing because you obviously think you're Come a monkey on. because you think that oh do you have to please these people? They have to see you as a human. Don't you do not have to prove your humanity to white people, and don't tell black people that doing anything will disprove their humanity because that's bullshit. Because the truth is that yeah. you're already not your humanity is not even fully acknowledged anyway. Yeah. So it's like the way I think of it is like, and to be honest, like protesting or understanding the importance of protest has been an evolution for me. I remember when Freddie Gray died in Baltimore, and my friends went to protest. And I was telling them not to because immigrant mindset. Mm-hmm. One, I was like, y'all niggas might die. And two, I also felt like it wasn't my business, but I've grown. Let yeah. me just acknowledge that. But I also think that the way I look at it now is like, if a baby is crying, are you more worried about shutting the baby up or checking what's inside the diaper? So I think America now really has to, you know, clean up its There's shit. There's too much shit in the diaper. 
because they really have to they have to clean it up or maybe the baby is hungry you have to feed I like something yeah. yeah and someone said that like someone was like you that like you be willing to take a, a book out of like white people right white people have claimed that they've come to this country and fought their way to the top too but it's like they they didn't you know take over america by marching they killed people there was bloodshed do you understand so the white people who are telling you to be peaceful have never been peaceful with you by any means like you are pro- you are literally protesting being shot in the streets right you're supposed to be the bigger person like what the fuck if being and, and here's my problem with being the bigger person i don't mind being the bigger person if it works yeah. and so far it hasn't worked so my whole thing is this if you are coming come with solutions if you are not coming with solutions allow people do what sure. they want to do in peace <laughs> yes very well said guys uh <laughs> yeah, let's pray uh, we should all pray for the world <laughs> can't say america <laughs> everything is on fire but we, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes well thank you so much everybody uh thank you for listening to us and all our shortcomings are you know all human everything we've said today it's all you know how we feel and we've been very vulnerable with you all hopefully you enjoy it um thank you so much once again Signing out. It's going to be um, insensitive of us for Shola's wife to feature for now. So, yeah, it's a temporary divorce, as Shola said. (laughs) So, we're just going (laughs) to sign out the regular way, like how normal people will sign out. Peace. Um, Easy.